from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Uh, if you missed anything from today's show, check it out on the Best of the OG podcast or check us out on YouTube. Look up 99.9 The Fan on YouTube and get angry at our Carolina Panthers takes because that seems to be consistent with the comments. Especially the Bryce Young support. Oh, man, the Bryce Young hive is serious. Absolutely serious, man. They're not happy with you, Julio. The, we we quite you know we questioned the frame right and yeah. the offensive line and my personal favorite comment from YouTube was, I saw him get knocked down several times last year and he got up every time. Cool. <laughs> That's he, not- he missed games last year. Uh, with did, injury. I have to go. Did he? Yeah. I don't remember. I honestly don't remember. Yeah, because he tried to stretch for a first down That's and sprained his AC right. joint. That's right. That's right. That's right. But you yeah, you mean the small guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Miss games? Weird. It's totally strange. It's like again, it's a con- it's just a concern. It's uh, basically a, concern. a usage injury. There are all there's all sorts of concerns with quarterbacks. Just pointing out the concerns with him as it relates to the Panthers taking him. Let's answer some hey Joe questions. Joe cracked the door. All right, hey, Joe, brought to you by Oak City Sports Cards, oakcitycards.com. From Scott, hey, Joe, what's the best Billy Joel song not on the Stranger album? Ah, yes, we've we found ourselves back in a Billy Joel rabbit hole. Um, I mean, there are many. Like, we never talk about Piano Man. We never talk about uh, She's Got Away. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you two, though, that I personally enjoy. And one, you know, Summer, Highland Falls. That's a good one. Then the other one that you forget because you even said, oh, yeah, I forgot that he wrote that and did it first, is Shameless. Because Garth Brooks kind of sort of is the one who made it famous. Mm -hmm. But that's a great song. Great song. So I... um... So when it comes to Billy Joel, I, I was a late... A late arrival on Billy Joel. Uh, Kelly's a huge Billy Joel fan. Okay. and Meaning uh, you didn't like him at first, or you just I didn't only, appreciate him, was or only, wasn't paying attention? I wasn't, I wasn't paying enough attention to Billy Joel. I only consumed Billy Joel in singles form, like radio hits, hits or, like that yeah. kind of stuff. Okay. Right? So I never really got into deep cuts. Mm-hmm. But, you know, got a turntable. One of the reasons why I ended up getting a turntable years ago, other than... Before you tried to be a hipster. Right. Okay. Uh, by the way, somebody had uh, somebody had said that the modern vinyl record business is just Funko Pops with grooves. <laughs> and I've, I've like the accuracy of that was so damning that it really has made me second guess <laughs> some of my purchases. Regardless, so pretty good. a big reason, but no, a big reason why I got, I got bored with music. Sure. So I started kind of dabbling and going back and listening to albums that were highly thought of again in the proper format right this is how my bruce springsteen thing kind of happened i never really listened to bruce springsteen i never really got bruce springsteen so i started picking up actual bruce springsteen albums sitting down listening to them and going oh okay i get it you know he's telling stories and the lyricism and all this stuff whatever so billy joel's kind of the same boat i'm like oh this dude's got some good deep cuts that's a true musical appreciation you do all sorts of styles the one that has hit me with Billy Joel in my older days now has been The Entertainer off of, what is it, Street Life Saturday, I think is the the second, or one of his uh, early albums. And the reason why is 
you know, the, the opening lyrics where, where he says, today I'm, I am your champion. I may have won your hearts, but I know the game. You'll forget my name and I won't be here in another year if I don't stay on the charts. Man, if he did not nail the business, I don't know what to tell you. All right, next up. Yeah! From Nick, hey, Joe, so the A's, the Oakland A's, are moving to Vegas. Here's my obligatory question about Major League Baseball in North Carolina. Yeah, so uh, the Oakland A's team president told the Washington Post today that the A's have signed a binding purchase agreement for land just off the Vegas Strip. It's right by T-Mobile Arena. Uh, and it's a site which they could build a new stadium with plans to relocate the team. The Las Vegas Journal Review was the first to have this deal on Wednesday night. Um, and this is the quote from the president. We really think it's an ideal site to have a successful major league team in Las Vegas. There's a deeper conversation about the back and forth between the team itself, the stadium they play in, and the city of Oakland, what they will or will not do, and the A's being perpetually cheap. But, again, that's another conversation for another day. To answer the question about Major League Baseball in the state of North Carolina, you need a couple of things. First off, you need a motivated buyer. Okay, David Tepper would be the one that would qualify as a motivated buyer with the money, but he would bring it to Charlotte. He wouldn't bring it to the the triad. He wouldn't bring it to the triangle. And then if there was a motivated buyer here, let's say for for the hypothetical mental mental exercise, Joe, I'm just thinking of the one person in the in town that could afford a baseball team. Uh, Jim Goodnight. Goodnight. Sass guy. Yeah. But he's not interested in sports. But let's say he was. Okay. And he wants to bring a Major League Baseball team here. The next issue that you run into simply comes from the market itself. Not population, but are there enough corporate supporters to make this thing happen, along with all the other things that corporate support is stretched in on, including the Carolina Hurricanes, and not one, not two, but three major universities in the area playing ACC athletics. So there's a lot of factors as to why it won't happen. I think people forget that last part. Yeah. That even though they're not major league teams, Carolina, Duke, NC State, those are basically the equivalents of our own major league franchises, particularly when it comes to advertising and corporate support. Plus, I'm guessing that uh, the Nationals and the Orioles would have a problem, and the and the a and the uh, the Atlanta Braves maybe <sighs> might have some territorial yeah, problems. I don't, I don't think at this point that would be an issue. It's so different now, true, than than it was even true. you know 20, 25 years ago when this first you know cropped up when the triad seemed to have a uh, some sort of footing into potentially getting an expansion team. The issue right now, uh, this is a team moving, obviously. Mm-hmm. The issue right now for Major League Baseball is it has 15 teams in each league. If they were able to get to 16, they could rework the schedule so that they wouldn't have to play as much interleague as they do right now. I know there are some old liners out there who and how they feel about um, interleague play. Mm-hmm. But I think also balancing out the schedule so that you're not playing your division 19 games would probably be helpful. Yeah, probably. Next up. From Todd, hey Joe, is Chelsea versus Wrexham UNC's on-brand snooty response to NC State and the Stadium Series? Love that. That's a great. That's, that's a great point. That's that's a very very good observation on that. Yeah, there's going to be a uh, what a friendly an exhibition taking place in July at Keenan. That was announced today. That's cool. I love it's awesome. I love big events like that. I'll I'll definitely check that out. I know Wrexham is like the hot thing right now. Uh, and of course, Chelsea is Chelsea. So, should be a good crowd for that.
This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Will they will they will will, will NC State be represented? That's the question. You know, that's still one of the great cons though of all time are these English premier teams. Oh, they're you're bringing... not seeing. No. <laughs> like this no. is we just mentioned our own minor. Like this would be like the Canes like bringing the Florida Everblades, you know, to Japan. Mm-hmm. Like we're, we're not the seeing no. anybody. You're seeing, we're you're seeing not sending Sebastian no. Ajo out there. No, you're seeing so. the C team. All right, next up. Say it ain't so, Joe. Say it ain't so. From Henry, hey, Joe, has your dad purchased a Tom Brady Dolphins jersey yet? <laughs> no. Apparently Brady was at some sort of corporate event today, and he was asked point blank. Uh, I think we got the audio right here. He was asked point blank, hey, man, could you see yourself unretiring and playing for the Miami Dolphins? Because, again, you got that relationship that uh, with Stephen Ross. Here's what he said. Spending a lot of time in Miami. Now you call it home. Um, by chance, is there any, tra- any chance that you're coming out of retirement and playing for the fit? Oh, oh man. <laughs> I know. I I'm just saying. You gotta, well, I will say, now that I'm not affiliated with any team anymore, and even though I have strong um, ties with a couple teams, um, I do have some friends on the Dolphins that I really like. So uh, I wouldn't say I necessarily root for them all the time, but I root for my friends to do well, and several of them play for Miami. So awesome! Yeah. Well, we're gonna. You notice? You notice what he didn't say? No, that's crazy. I'm done playing football. Such silly nonsense. Why would you even ask me that? What a fraud. I'm completely retired. What a fraud. What a total fraud. Can't wait for him to come back at like week five. All right, next up. How you doing? All right, final one here comes from Mac. Hey, Joe, which professional sports franchise is able to rescue other teams' abandoned prospects and benefit from them? To use an analogy... Which team is best able to rescue a bag of unclaimed chips from a vending machine? Ah, somebody, somebody watched the video today. Yeah, there was a there was a bag dangling by a thread here in the station, in the station snack machine. And it had been sitting there for like a good 24, 48 hours. Like, like Kat Campbell, because she was up, uh, WRL's Kat Campbell was in the building. She actually messaged me saying, thank you for resolving that issue because it was bothering me when she was up in the building. So you, me, Brian Lord from Mix, we shook that machine, man. We shook it. Nothing was happening. That did not move. Then we tried the trick of like, all right, well, we pay the 75 cents to get the thing underneath it to go. It didn't work, but we did get a free lance out we of did. that. Yeah. Well, probably not free anymore because they'll come looking for their yeah, they will. 55 cents for that. They, they will. And then we finally did get it out, uh, but it was very dramatic. That, by the way, if you want to watch us doing that, it's on our YouTube channel. Look up 99 now in the fan Raleigh, and uh, we've put a short up. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows granger has got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
So a little bit of a scheduling issue popped up today, and neither I nor Julia were able to talk to Trip Tracy. So, Dennis, you talked to Trip Tracy earlier today to talk about last night's game, uh, the issues with Tara Vinan's injury and the injury attrition, and what to look forward to tomorrow night. Joining us here on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline, Kane's color analyst, Trip Tracy. All right, Kane's got the 4-3 overtime win last night. Before we, we get into what was lost yesterday or who was lost yesterday, that line of Stahl, Fost, Martinook, how great was it to see them get rewarded last night with that OT winner? Uh, I mean, better than great. Um, you know, thinking about it last night, uh, in the intermission before overtime and then reflecting this morning, Dennis, you know, that's that's the line that, as Rod would say, does it right each and every shift. And um, I thought the Hurricanes had a very mature, experienced approach uh, to overtime. And they got rewarded for it by that line because they played straight line hockey. They got pucks behind the Islander defense. They even shot pucks that led to a couple offensive zone draws in overtime. I just thought they played winning overtime hockey, and I mean, just a just a brilliant play. Um, you know, you have a long second period change. It's like the second period in a in a playoff overtime game, and you know, you have a situation where Burns doesn't dust the puck off. He doesn't waste any time. He gets it right back up to Jordan Stahl. Now you've got a three-on-two because there's no hesitation. A heck of a job of reloading in the neutral zone, being onside. Three-on-two, you need a middle lane drive. Every three-on-two needs it. It's usually the guy in the middle, but it can be the far winger as well. In this case, it was Martinuk. And just a a fantastic confidence-building saucer pass with pace from the captain. Two yes for Foss, but for them to, you know, in that overtime moment, Dennis, uh, have some some big individual and confidence growth uh, uh, opportunities is is very very potentially uh, important aside from the the massive nature of the goal itself. Trip Tracy joining us here on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. You mentioned Tavo Teravina. That's something I wanted to get to. That was the the loss you can say from yesterday. Yeah, Canes go up to nothing, but one of their top forwards is out. Puglia Yarvi has been a healthy scratch the first two games. Is it just simple plug him in there on the top line? Or are we going to see a guy like Jack Drury like we saw late in the game yesterday in overtime playing with that top line? Well, the first thing is, I think, Dennis, uh, before you move into next man up, which you have to do, plain and simple, is um, I, I, I sadly don't have any confidence in, um, in George Peros and player safety to address these situations. Yeah. I, I just don't. And we don't hear anything this afternoon. Uh, you know, there isn't going to be anything. And I just thought, you know, it's it's – Fitting or not fit, frustratingly fitting that Pajo, who I thought really embarrassed himself in the first period with a clear cut dive on Tara Vinen. Again, interestingly enough, it's Tara Vinen, uh, a, a tripping penalty where, in my view, it was a flat out dive. And he's the guy that slashes um, table. Now, do we see slashes like that in playoff hockey with regularity? I could probably pull up a clip that shows four or five other occasions sure. and other occasions that, that have what would visibly be bigger chopping motions. But when a player that is as important as table breaks his hand, I'd like to see even when a player is healthy, like was in the case of 
George Stahl returning from the Matt Martin situation in the first period that you still get ahead of it. But when you lose a player in a series that is as important as Tara Vinen, and Paggio embarrassed the league, in my opinion, with that dive in the first period. It's not the first time he's done it. I think you've got to make a statement. Hmm. Um, and, you know, with the fact Carolina's lost number 86 for the series and probably, you know, the, the playoffs, but who knows beyond this series. Uh, with that being said and established, hey, got to move on. And so Puya Yarvi comes in. Can he use his size? Can he play a simple game? Can he create a net front on Sorokin? I don't know which way. I'm driving to the plane right now to go to New York, which way Rod will go. I thought Jack Drury was outstanding last night. And so I, I would I would probably, if given the choice, I'm just the color analyst, I would probably start Jack Drury there with uh, with Sebastian Ajo and uh, allow Puya Yarvi to come in in a non-pressurized situation on the fourth line, play a simple game, try to use his size advantageously, and then, you know, it, th- that'll be the way it starts. Uh, but the, the, the guy that would possibly factor in at some point, let's hope, knock on wood, Dennis, no more injuries. But McEachern, uh, who has NHL experience, has the ability to play with bite, uh, finished the year very well in Chicago. I believe he'd be the next guy uh, that, you know, should you make lineup adjustments, let's hope it's not health-related at this point, having lost Pacioretty, Svechnikov, and Taravainen. But he would be a guy that could come in and play with an identity of physicality. Um, anything that, with regards to production would be a bonus. That won't be the start. The start for me, again, given the choice, the way that Drury played last night and he's played consistently recently, I'd keep him up there with Ajo and allow Puya Yarvi to come in in a, in a fourth-line situation and uh, see if he can play to the strengths of this game. We saw you mentioned the Matt Martin and the, the I will say the incident he had with Jordan Stahl there at the end of the first, the slash by Pajot, as you mentioned, against Tara Vinen. But the penalty discrepancy was in favor of Carolina yesterday in terms of number of power plays. Looking at officiating, because officials are humans, do they take these things into consideration when you're – you're going to be going into New York's building. Do you potentially see the penalty shifting, for lack of a better term, in favor of the Islanders? They are going to have, have home ice, and teams in home ice generally get more calls. Uh, well, of course, the league will say that uh, that, that doesn't factor. Well, of course, in, they'll say in no. My experience, in, in my experience, it usually does. And that is where – I don't know if it was intended from Rod in his press conference after the game. Obviously, he is—he was ticked off despite the win that you just lost Tara Vinen, uh, you know, on a on a you know a chopping slash, you know, after you've lost those other critical two forwards. But Rod probably—and I haven't talked to him about it—but my hockey sense tells me he knew that the narrative around New York was going to be on was it a high stick on Jordan Mardinuk. Mm-hmm. on Mayfield on the, the overtime winning goal. Uh, he knew that uh, Lane Lambert, who I have a ton of respect for as a coach, that you know he would create a narrative about that, uh, that power play discrepancy last night. He would know that the New York Islanders players and media would create that narrative. So rod number one is just sour, and rightfully so, about losing Tara Vinen. Um, but I thought that, Rod, if there was any intention – to create his own narrative that despite the discrepancy in power plays, um, let's let's focus on, A, they were all penalties, and, B, 
uh, you know, you, you could have penalized Matt Martin a heck of a lot more. I think you could make an argument that it was a major. I think you could make an argument, and I have in his career leading up to this point, I have a ton of respect for the player that Matt Martin has been. That was not a good character reveal and optic for him, a player that has always played hard but played within the framework physically of the rules. Thought you could have thrown more at him. I didn't like even when Sezikis high-sticked Ajo and got uh, in the double minor in the first period. I didn't like Clutterbuck's hit on Ajo a lot from behind and with some elevation. Uh, you know, you don't, you know, this sort of gets forgotten because you know, Ajo continued and played the game. Granted, he, he was cut, but let's say he's got a concussion there. I didn't like, so, you know, in, in the officiating and player safety are two different departments. Uh, so I actually thought it was they should have called that penalty on Paggio. I get it. They, you know, they, they're probably they're human. They know how many power plays Carolina's had. Uh, I didn't mind the way that the game was officiated, to be completely honest. Uh, player safety is a different department, and I think you know they they they've repeatedly let me down. Uh, not just with the Hurricanes, but when I look around the league um, to establish any type of proactive policing. Um, so. All in all, do I think that uh, if I had to guess that the Hurricanes' penalty kill is going to be challenged tomorrow night? I do. I do think that Rod did his very best, aside, again, from being ticked off, and probably I should use a stronger word, about what caused Tara Vinen to break his hand. I did think if there was any intention uh, to create Carolina's narrative, and an accurate one, despite having all those power plays and the Islanders not having any, I thought that that was a good time to do it. Trip Tracy, Bally Sports, color analyst, final question for you. You mentioned the penalty kill. They always say best penalty killer has to be your goaltender. Going right to game three, or do you think we're going to see a rotation and maybe see Anderson get in there? Well, I, I truthfully, um, being consistent to what my thought process has been of Ronta having earned it, Ronta having been so good at home, not just in the regular season, but in last year's playoffs. Um, I absolutely uh, uh, loved the mindset going in of going Ronta in game one. I thought it was a no-brainer to go him in game two. If Freddie Anderson had backed up last night, you know, he obviously, uh, what was described as an illness, uh, was not able to back up. If Freddie was and or is healthy, I, I, would, I would have a true debate in my head right now up to nothing. You didn't win on the road last year. Freddie has the ceiling that is higher when he's at his best than Ranta or Kochetkov at this stage of Kochetkov's career. I would at least have the discussion in my own head mm -hmm. about going with Freddie on the road tomorrow night, but I have no idea what his health status is. So that throws a major disruptor into that, that whole decision-making process. So, I think more about it, um, and, I, and I'm not privy to the, the private details of, of exactly what Freddie's health status is. So all in all, I probably would go back with Ronta tomorrow night. Had uh, Freddie backed up last night, had he, if he was or is healthy, um, I, I would have strongly considered going to him in game three um, just to see if uh, how he would perform on the road, knowing uh, that if – you know, if you don't have a good outcome in that game, you've got a guy that's won twice going in game four in Ronta. All the circumstances, the way that they are, not knowing the full private picture, I, I'm guessing that Rod goes back to Ronta.
Trip Tracy, Bally Sports, Canes color analyst, joining us here on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. Have a safe trip to New York. Enjoy Long Island, sir. You know, these injuries, last thing I'll say, Dennis, is that you don't want injuries, period. And health and the luck that uh, falls in line with uh, health is a big part of teams that eventually win the Stanley Cup. And the Hurricanes haven't been able to buy a break on that front. But the one area, the one area, I know we think about scoring goals and whatnot, but the one area that they just cannot withstand an injury is it is an injury to one of their kingpin defensemen. Mm-hmm. So at least their defense, which is the elite defensive core in the Eastern Conference and maybe the league, is intact right now. That's true. I didn't even mention how great of a game Jacob Slavin had yesterday. He was phenomenal. Oh, marvelous. Absolutely marvelous. In spontaneous real time to recognize after he had intended to go to Tavo Taravainen that that pass was not there and at the speed of a playoff game below the goal line to intend to go off the, uh, I'm touching my right earlobe right now, to go off the ear, the right ear of Sorokin, was just an unbelievable hockey IQ play. He has had two sensational games. Burns especially good in game one, solid last night. That's another area. Shea and Pesci, there's room for them to grow and get back to where they were at for the majority of the season, which I find is a very hopeful thing uh, because if they get back to their level, uh, you know, Carolina can go into New York and give themselves every chance to win. Trip Tracy, appreciate your time, and man. Have a safe trip. Thanks, Dennis. That's Dennis Cox. That was Trip Tracy. That's what happens when I'm recording a beer podcast and Gilio's celebrating his dad's birthday and Trip can only talk at 1 o'clock. So Solid sh- work, Dennis. Thank shout you out for to picking de- us up. <laughs> shout out to Dennis That's for pinch hitting there. Uh, and talking to Trip. Next you know, man up. That's Hey, man, that's the mentality. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.